listening to Nightlight. Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to Nightlight. Well, on the program today, I'm going to serve you up a tasty variety of musical and inspirational goodies. Some of the latest inspirational stories from the Activated Magazine, and we'll be punctuating those with some of the latest songs I've been able to add to my ever expanding song library. Let's start with this from Pethul, who's waiting for the man to come. Walking down these rainy streets, keeping an eye out for someone to meet. Spending money I ain't got, hoping to be making some. are cold and my clothes are wet but I don't feel like quitting yet sitting here waiting waiting for the man to come I've been things I don't want to be seen things I don't want to see a ten years paid vacation could be fun wasting time such a bore I can't take faking it no more Sitting here waiting Waiting for the man to come I tried this and I tried that Everything but going back Places that I've been And things I've done The day my ship comes sailing in Celebrate, but until then, I'm sitting here waiting, waiting for the man to come. If I could start my life again, would I love the same lovers, befriend the same friends, keep the faith with each and everyone? Play my cards as best I'm able. What's said upon the table Sitting here waiting Waiting for the man to come Sitting here waiting 
Well, I'm not sure when that song was recorded, but Bethul sent that to me just yesterday from Rio in Brazil, where he's lived for many years now, as does Keith Yoakum. And we have a fresh song also from him coming up shortly, as well as songs from Sam Halbert, Zach Hendricks, Philip Johnson, Joanna Dooley, the Mike Dooley Jazz Quartet, David Senek, and Kando Bando, if we have time for all of those, and I really hope we do. Well, the inspirations on this program are taken from the latest two editions of the Activated magazine, and there's some really touching personal accounts. Listen to this one. A soundbite with Nightlight. A Gift for Two Brothers by Michael Owens. Have you ever wanted to do something to help someone or long to make a difference in the world, only to have your good intentions sidetracked by thoughts of why your efforts wouldn't work? One such occasion happened last summer when my wife and I stopped to eat at a fast food restaurant that serves fried chicken. After placing our order, we brought our trays of food to a table in the middle of the dining area. At a table nearby sat two young men who were obviously brothers. I noticed that they were sharing only one meal, and it was the cheapest and smallest one on the menu. Furthermore, one of them didn't look well at all. The thought came, buy them another meal. I started to get up to go place the order when another thought gave me pause. How are you going to bring it to their table and offer it to them? They probably won't accept charity from a total stranger, and you'll look like an idiot standing there with a box of chicken in your hand. I immediately sat back down. After long minutes of agonizing, I leaned toward my wife and in a hushed tone explained the situation. She looked over at the brothers and then turned back to me, stating, If God is laying on your heart to buy them a meal, that's what you should do. Her encouragement was exactly what I needed to hear, and I went to order more food for them. However, I was still unsure about walking over to their table to give them the meal, but that problem was soon solved. The younger brother walked up next to me at the counter to ask for some ketchup. I asked him to wait for a minute longer as the cooks were putting together a meal box for him, a gift from us. His eyes welled up as he explained that his brother had a terminal illness and had been sent home from the hospital to live out his final days with his family. My brother loves fried chicken, so I brought him here to enjoy a meal. But I'm between jobs right now and don't have much money, so we're sharing a meal. Thank you so much. Then it was my turn to tear up, realizing how close I came to missing being a blessing to these two brothers. My concern about the gift not being received was totally unfounded, and my following through on God's nudging had brought a little bit of happiness into their difficult situation. It's nightlight. What a delight. One delightful thing about this show, I think you'll have to agree, is that you hear a variety of different styles of music that you rarely hear on other Christian programs. 
This song from Michael Dooley is a good example. Michael is a veteran songwriter and producer. He's been a missionary in many countries of the world, including Thailand and Syria, other countries of the Middle East. And you know, at least half of the instrumentals that you hear under my devotional readings are produced by Michael. Anyway, he's now resident in Canberra, Australia, where he's formed a jazz quartet resurrecting the big band sound of 40s or was it the 30s? At least I'm not old enough to remember that. <laughs> anyway, I've played you a few songs on previous shows from his album called In Too Deep. And here's another one called Symbiosis. Symbiosis. Such a technical term to describe how I feel about you, my girl. But I believe that you and me, we got symbiosis. I liken us to a lichen, which is like a moss with two separate parts. But they would be lost without each other. That's symbiosis.
Such a fun song from the Mike Dooley Jazz Quartet. And more from the Dooley family later on in the program when Michael's older daughter will be singing a very different style of song, also produced by her father. With music to calm and soothe your soul, you're listening to Nightlight. Yes, music to calm and soothe your soul, as well as testimonies and inspirations to feed your soul. This week, from the latest edition of the Activated magazine. And this next piece is written by the magazine's editor, Samuel Keating. And it's called Christianity in Action. You're with Nightlight. One winter, some years ago, a group of friends and I were traveling on a mountain road in a passenger van in the southern United States. It was past dusk on a Friday evening, and we were heading to a ski resort a few hours away. We were nearly there when someone pulled up next to us at a stop sign and motioned to the driver to roll the window down. "'Pretty sure your back tire's losing air,' he said. "'I can take a look if you'd like.' We parked under a floodlight next to a convenience store just ahead, and everyone got out in bundles of coats and hats. "'I'm Jim,' the man said as he shook hands and crouched by the tire. "'Definitely going flat. See that?' Jim pointed to a visible nail. Jim asked about the spare tire, then wasn't too impressed with the jack in the emergency kit, so pulled his own out of his pickup and took direction of the work. We were all willing to help, but none of us really knew what we were doing. Y'all headed to the slopes? Jim asked, pointed to the gear strapped to the roof. I told him it would be my first time snowboarding. Ouch! Hasn't snowed since Monday. That ice up there is going to be hard. You really want to put yourself through that? He asked jokingly. I chuckled but not too confidently. Jim was a fast worker, and the spare was soon installed. All righty, God bless you guys. You all have fun now, and I'll pray for you to get that fresh powder you'll be wanting. He raised his eyebrows toward me. As he drove off, I noticed a bumper sticker on the back of his truck. Christ is Lord, it said. Jim hadn't preached a sermon, but he'd let his Saviour's light shine through him. He hadn't talked up his faith, but he'd walked the walk. And his example of Christianity, taking time to help a van load of somewhat clueless strangers on a freezing dark evening somewhere in the mountains, is one I still remember. Even the night can be bright when you switch on your nightlight. Well, here's another great song making its debut on Nightlight today. This is from Keith Yoakum. Listen to the lyrics on this one, especially if you, like me, are getting overtaken by Father Time. Dad and Mom might like this song Remind them of the music when they were young Jazzed up a little and mixed with rock and roll The Roaring Twenties came just before The Big Depression and the Second World War 
Feeling tired? Get inspired with Nightlight. An unusual taxi driver by Tommy Palukowski. Ring, ring, ring. My cell phone interrupted my internet browsing. Sir, we've found the problem with your vehicle. You can come now and pick up the broken part as a sample to buy a replacement. The cheerful voice on the other side informed me. Already? I asked. Yes, and if you come down now, we might finish working on your car today. I'm on my way, I said, trying to sound upbeat. In reality, I was annoyed with this interruption to my plans. I'd woken up very early to beat the morning traffic and driven a long distance from one end of town to the industrial area on the other end. Then I'd walked to the nearest shopping mall where I'd done some quick shopping. Finally, I'd ordered breakfast and was looking forward to relaxing and enjoying the free internet service provided to the customers of the cafe. Most importantly, though, I was hoping to take it easy. I have Parkinson's disease and the tremors had already started. The best way to make my tremors cease is to take short breaks throughout the day. It seemed there was no time for that right now. Trying to stay calm, I paid my bill and gathered my belongings. Taxi! shouted a man from his car when he saw me exiting the mall. He was parked strategically, what closest to the main entrance. I was surprised that he only stuck his head out without coming out of his vehicle. Besides, wasn't this parking space reserved for disabled drivers? We proceeded to negotiate a price that seemed fair to both of us. When I opened the back door, I saw a crutch lying on the back seat. I placed my shopping next to it and sat in front. After starting the engine, the driver promptly reached out for the second crutch, which was already placed by his right-hand side. Skillfully, with his right hand, he placed the crutch on the acceleration pedal, pushing it down. The car moved out of the parking spot, and we were on our way. Surprised, I looked closer at the driver's legs. His right leg was missing from the knee down. He's a one-legged driver, I told my startled self. But there were more surprises in store. We were coming to a red traffic light. To stop the car, the driver lifted up his left leg with his left hand and swiftly placed it on the brake pedal. Then the light turned green again and the taxi driver with his left hand removed his leg from the brake while at the same time pressing the acceleration pedal with the crutch in his right hand. His movements were well coordinated and the car moved smoothly in the morning traffic. As I sat there digesting what I saw, I heard, Excuse me, sir. Do you mind if I ask you something? No, uh, not at all. Go ahead, I answered. Do you go to church? I'm saved. Thank you for asking. I admired him for doing his best to be a witness with the opportunities he had. Can I ask you a question? Yes, was his friendly answer. How long have you been a taxi driver? Three years, was his short reply. Then, realizing what I was after, the taxi driver continued, oh, I didn't want to end up begging on the street. There's no future in that, and I have a family to support. Besides, 
A man has to have some respect or he can't live with himself. How quickly my life came into focus. I was complaining about my little tremors due to my illness and my interrupted schedule for the day. Well, here was a man who hadn't let his misfortune interrupt his life. I felt very blessed all of a sudden. I could walk unaided. I just finished a good breakfast. I could afford a taxi ride. My vehicle was being worked on, and hopefully I would have it back the same day. I had it easy. Just then, the short ride was over, and we reached the garage. Thank you. God bless you. And keep it up, I said to the taxi driver. It's a wonderful life, my heart sang. Well, I thought number one would surely be me. I thought I could be what I wanted to be. I thought I could build on life's sinking sand, but I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I can't even walk without you holding my hand. The mountains too high. Jerry Palladino with I Can't Even Walk Without You Holding My Hand. That's from his album, More Like You. Nightlight. 
You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. Let me just give a plug here for the newbeat.org website, recently refreshed and relaunched, and there are literally hundreds of songs there that you can listen to online or freely download. And I've been there and found some great songs that I've added to my library and plan to play you on upcoming shows. I see a lot of songs there by Steve McNair and his friends. Steve is part of a very musical family, which includes his elder sister, Sonny McNair, and another sister, Florence McNair. And I see at least three bands there that Steve is or has been a part of. There's Stem, Strawberry Jam, and Tando Bando. This is from their album, Soundo Boundo. And as you'll hear from the lyrics of this song, they live in Japan. Let's throw this in for any of you young people listening and wake up any of us old people who may be nodding off. I gave it all to Jesus and I found my groove I'm gonna break 
You're right. It's Nightlight. And yes, it was Nightlight, sharing with you some great songs on the programme today, as well as some personal accounts from the Activated magazine. The Activated magazine is published by Activated Ministries. It's now in its, gosh, 19th year of publication. They've got a wonderful website that you can visit at www.activated.org. There you'll find most of the content that's been published over those 19 years. And there's a new issue every month. It consists of 16 to 20 pages of beautifully illustrated, inspirational and motivational articles. And it's a very user-friendly site with all the articles very neatly arranged in topics and subtopics. And my favorite articles to read, and these are the ones I usually share with you on Nightlight, are the personal accounts. And I've selected some of my favorites from the last two issues of the Activated magazine. And the next one I'm going to share with you is called Nothing to Fear. And it's written by Kus Stenger. My worst fears came upon me the day I landed in the hospital. I dreaded entering the huge, ominous health factory where impersonal doctors would study my symptoms with distant professional looks and nurses would appear at my bedside at the strangest hours to stick me with a thermometer, an injection, or a cup of weak coffee. God, get me out of here. Don't worry, he answered. How can you say that? I hate it here. I was certain God had me mistaken for somebody else. I didn't belong in this place. Why me? Don't worry. God said again, I'm with you all the time. All the time? Yes, son, all the time. That thought gave me some peace. I lay back on the bed and tried to relax. I was still a bit worried. I still felt nervous when a new doctor appeared and narrowed his eyes as he looked at my charts. Nurses still stuck thermometers in my mouth. They still poked my arm with their needles first thing in the morning. But I saw God smiling too. It's all right, son. I told you, I'm with you. And it helped. There was a peace. Not the kind you feel when you sit on a bench near a beautiful mountain lake listening to birds singing praises to the Creator. Still, there was a peace. And maybe, in some strange way, that peace was even better than when sitting in front of a lake. Apparently, others saw it too. The day I left the hospital, a man I'd never seen before came up to me. Can I talk to you? he asked. I raised my eyebrows. Sure. You're a believer, right? Why would you say that? Well... Two weeks ago, I was brought in for an emergency. I was going on holiday, but instead I ended up in the hospital. I was seriously considering jumping out of the window. And then I saw you. What's so good about that? I wondered. You were so peaceful. You had no stress. I wondered why, but then I saw a Bible near your bedside. Then I knew. God is with me. There's nothing to fear. He shook my hands and thanked me 
profusely for helping him. Helping him? I'd done nothing of the sort. I'd been preoccupied with battling my own fears. But then I heard God again. I told you, I am with you all the time. There's nothing to fear. Ray Brannan, I will go with you. You're with Nightlight. Over to India now for the next inspiration, and this is Rohit Kumar, and his testimony is called The Man in White. We just finished a program for 300 teenage inmates at a correctional center in northern India. 
and many of the boys gathered around us. The theme of our program that day had been the importance of faith in the face of difficulty. That had been something they all could relate to, especially the difficulty part. A thin fellow standing off in the corner caught my eye. I could tell he wanted to talk, but he was too shy to make the first move, so I introduced myself and asked me to tell me about himself. He was from a village about 900 kilometers away, he explained, and had come to the big city in search of work. He was penniless when he was caught traveling without a railway ticket and was sentenced to three months in jail. A few days ago, he told me, I was sick with a very high fever. All I could do was lie in the corner. I could barely move. I've never been so sick before, and I honestly thought I was going to die. I was so scared. I thought of my parents and brothers back home. I desperately needed someone to be with me and take care of me, and here I was, far away from home, with no one. I started crying and asked God to please not let me die. Just then, something very strange happened. I opened my eyes, and a man in white clothes was standing over me. He had the kindest eyes I've ever seen. He didn't say a word, but just waved his hand over me, and my fever was gone. I felt cool and relaxed. The man disappeared, and I never saw him again. Would you happen to know this man's name? I looked through the bag of inspirational material I brought along and found a poster with an artist's conception of Jesus. And I asked him, was this the man? He broke into a big smile and said, Ah yes, that was the man. What is his name? I told him about Jesus, his wonderful love, and his power to heal. And that afternoon, the young man prayed to receive Jesus as his Savior. It was a beautiful reminder of how much the Lord cares for each of his children. We're never alone. Encouraging you how very dearly Jesus loves you. You're listening to Nightlight. Let me play you now one of the most beautiful love songs to Jesus I've ever heard. And this was one of the most popular songs on Nightlight here in Uganda around 10 years ago. But this is a brand new recording of the song produced by the composer, Michael Dooley, sung by one of his older daughters, Joanna, who I believe is a teacher in Thailand. She must have visited her father in Australia to record this song, or maybe they just did it over the internet. I'm not sure. But Enjoy this beautiful version of this classic song called Portrait. If I could paint a portrait of your face To show the world how beautiful you are I'd draw the gentlest eyes Shine more deeply than the brightest star Those eyes that looked into my very soul Saw every secret longing hidden there If I could paint a portrait Paint a portrait of you 
And that's Joanna Dooley with a nice fresh version of Portrait, written and produced by her father, Michael Dooley. Well, I think it's time for one more inspiration and then maybe one or two more songs. You know, yesterday was a big day for me because not only did I receive fresh material from Bethul and Keith Yoakum from Rio, Brazil, but Sam Halbert sent me some of his older and newer songs. And that included an album of gospel songs that have a lot of songs that I used to really love and have not been able to play you on Nightlight because I only had muddy old cassette copies. These songs are from the early 80s. But now I can see that the songs have been remastered and I'm going to play you one of my very favorites at the end of this next story, which is written by Evelyn Sikrovsky and titled Weak Yet Strong. Nine years ago, I underwent a surgery that changed my life. When I was rushed to the hospital with terrible pain in my lower right abdomen, tests revealed that a large gangrenous cyst had ruptured, requiring emergency surgery. My surgeon assured me that I'd be back on my feet within two months, and I held on to his promise. 
but after I was released, my health steadily declined as I struggled with a mysterious digestive disorder characterized by severe bloating, indigestion, nausea, weight loss, and acid reflux. Many specialists and dozens of tests later, I learned that I was suffering from intestinal adhesions and other gastrointestinal problems caused by internal surgical scars. My condition caused daily discomfort and required a strict diet. I prayed and searched relentlessly for a cure, believing there had to be a happy ending where I would be healthy, pain-free, and able to eat whatever I pleased. But with time, it became clear that while I would gradually regain some strength, the repercussions of my surgery would likely be permanent. This realization shattered me. My situation was so painful and bleak that I could not imagine what good could come from it. But I began thanking God for his love, wisdom, and the benefits he would bring from my struggles. Gradually, I found peace and courage to accept my condition as a gift from him. This perspective made the discomforts much easier to bear and also helped me appreciate the blessings I had not even noticed. My health has improved somewhat, but some of my post-surgical conditions are irreversible. Nonetheless, I've come to be grateful for these pains and limitations. I've learned to value my life, family, and friends. I've grown in empathy and compassion for others. I've discovered that fortitude and resilience come through allowing life's blows to deepen my character rather than dictate my attitude or destroy my happiness. Most of all, I've experienced how God can give strength in weakness and triumph in the midst of trials. Through my struggles, He has deepened my faith, taught me to depend on Him, and given me abiding joy that overrides any physical discomforts. As he promised the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. With God's help, Paul's reply is also mine. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I've had many tears and sorrows I've had questions for tomorrow There have been times I didn't know right from wrong But in every situation God gave blessed consolation That my trials only come to make me strong I've been to lots of places And you know I've seen a lot of faces There have been times I've felt so all alone 
But in my lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours, Jesus let me know I was his own. For the mountains And I thank Him For the valleys And I thank Him For the storms He brought me through Or if I'd never had A problem I'd never know that my God Could solve And I'd never know what faith In God could do Sam Halbert brings us to the end of this edition of Nightlight. But I'll be back again soon with another show. And I can tell you, we've got lots of great shows in the works that you wouldn't want to miss. We do have time to squeeze in one more song. So let me leave you with this from David Senek.
symptoms of death were soon to be found as innocent blood covered the ground. Yeah.